You're listening to the Late Night Playset Podcast. This episode of Late Night Podcast, <laughs> Late Night Playset Podcast, is brought to you by Los Angelo Living. Doing it live, losangeloliving.com. How's it going, Jay Ryan? How's it going, Nicole? Here I am. I promised you that I'd bring you in through my new listing at 4719 San Sebastian in Woodland Hills, in the Heights section of Woodland Hills. Come check it out. with a family room area. And then upstairs is all of either the entertaining and the hanging out. You have a formal living room, a sitting room, awesome kitchen, office space, or a fifth bedroom, a reading room. And then everything opens up to this. Like check out this spectacular view. Come check out this patio too. Look at this view. I mean, how sick is this view? It's, it's spectacular, gorgeous. You can hang out here all day. Now, whether you're staying home working, whether you're staying home just to hang out, entertaining, um, this is just a fabulous spot. There's a phenomenal Montalpi outdoor kitchen, sink, refrigerator, full uh, uh, four burner. And then you have, you have a spectacular pool hangout area. Check out our virtual open house when we post it. And if you guys want, you could like come into our Zoom room and we could go through the open house together and, uh, and discuss all of the other amazing features of this home. Thanks so much. Take care. Playset Podcast. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to my friend at home. Forgive me while I put some stuff away. I have to keep my phone out because our guest, uh, well, we'll do all, I'll tell you everything in a second. Welcome back. My name is Jay Ryan. Mrs. Ryan is on assignment, but she is auditing the class today. She is right over there. Hello, everybody. <laughs> they can hear you. <laughs> she's, uh, she's doing her old publicist uh, duties over there, essentially sort of taking in the show, what, what on earth this thing is and what we're doing over here. And she's sort of looking at it from a different perspective tonight, uh, which is pretty cool for me. Because uh, anytime I've ever seen you in that position... Uh, I was not 
I would have been over there with you <laughs> or in the car or <laughs> asked to wait somewhere else. Uh, I, I've never had you be that person for me and I've never had – I've just never I've, – I've never been able to be in a, a pocket of people <laughs> at such an echelon before. You could throw me in a barrel with Chris Rock now and a lot of other names that we don't mention just uh, for whatever reason. But it is so lovely to see you in the studio and have you here and your energy and everything. And um, should we talk? Uh, I don't want to make this about you very much, especially because you don't have a mic to answer. But uh, I do want to remind everybody else to please check out Mrs. Ryan's blog, which has been recently renamed to New Life of Old Nicole. And uh, that is a triumph for many reasons, uh, Mrs. Ryan. Mrs. Ryan, who is not doesn't have to be Mrs. Ryan anymore. Mrs. Nicole Ryan. <laughs> it's so funny. All right. Uh, uh, I have to tell you that. Welcome back. Welcome back. Today is Wednesday, July 8th, 2020. And our guest is not here tonight. And that's why we're uh, doing this. But his name is Michael O'Neill. And uh, you probably know him from the Solopreneur Hour, which is a solo hour for short, uh, or maybe Wrench, R-E-N-N-C-H, uh, both podcasts, both uh, YouTube channels, um, motivational guy, uh, inspirational guy, and uh, and he's a podcaster. He loves podcasting. He does podcasting professionally, and he self-proclaimed loves 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 it, loves all of this stuff. Um, I thought until late last night, I thought he was going to be a satellite guest. Now that we have that all hooked up. And he was uh, very willing and excited to come here in person. So he's driving up from, I believe, the San Diego area uh, and got caught in a little bit of traffic. So we are live with you. It is now 5.07 here in Pacific, uh, Pacific Daylight Time. And, um, and he should be here shortly. But until then, we have some stuff to do. Uh, I've got some East Coast feeds that have been backed up because we haven't been playing them on the Tuesdays with Tori. <laughs> <laughs> we just he, once I have my buddy, we just get to talking, and like there was one time where we sort of spaced it out and chunked him in, and and the show was entertaining and it was kind of nice, but it really broke up. We couldn't, you know, so whatever. They've been backlogged. We have a whole bunch. Uh, Mrs. Ryan from afar over there <laughs> can't help but include you since you're here. Uh, I think that we should check in with the East Coast feed. <laughs> It has been forever, but uh, the Kazman and Brooke have been active. Let's see where they are. Uh, keep in mind, it's been since March since we've seen them regularly. I think we've done a couple here and there, but it's really been a while. So I think it, I don't want to give it away. It may be snowing. <laughs> Roll it, Al. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. and Mrs. Ryan. Steve Kaz. Brooke is sleeping. Shh. Who's going to work? No. Um, so listen, weird thing. It's April 16th, so it's mid-April. And <laughs> look. Look outside. Look at this. Um, that's snow. It's actual snow. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, it's an apocalypse we live in. That's all I wanted to share that with you guys. That we have actual snow on the rooftops, on the cars. It's, I don't know if it's going to keep like, whatever. I just think it's hysterical. I thought you guys in L.A. would appreciate a little snow in the fucking middle of April when I'm taking my snow tires off today. <laughs> I do appreciate it. We do appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it very much, though. Uh, all right, well, uh, keep it going. Roll it, roll it, Hal. Hit it, hit it again. Mr. and Mrs. Ryan, I want to introduce you to Jeff. This is Brooke's dad. So we're sitting here, and you can see behind us this snow. 
It's fucking May. Hold on a second here. Oh, it's May now. You shit right here? You can hear it. It's fucking snow. It's fucking May. Snow squall. Where are we going? Where are we going? Anyway, this is Deb, Brooke's mom. Hi, happy Mother's Day, everyone. There you go. There we go. East Coast Feed coming to you live. We had a little Italian dinner because Daddy was cooking, right? There's Brooke. It's, I know it's snowing. We're trying to show Jay that it's snowing. California does not snow in May. This is the first. Brooke, you enjoying that? Yeah. All right. So it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Jeff's here. He and I are enjoying wine because no one else drinks wine with me anymore. So this is what we do. We had a couple of good bottles. Life is good. And then we have snow. Just wanted to share with California and the rest of the internet this much. There's a lot of that. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Say bye, Brooke. Bye. Yeah, there we go. oh my gosh uh yeah i mean i got i got a couple more i i mean what else are we gonna do may as well uh first of all i love you kaz and brooke uh i love that you're still sending these even when we weren't doing them i mean he's been it's just so great uh, I remember, I think we played a couple of the BMW ones on the show because they're more car related. Right. And then these are more the family out and about. So. I miss them so much. I'm so going to miss you. I believe it has uh, warmed up quite a bit. Here we go. Roll it out. <laughs> Wait, oh, look, Mr. Mrs. Ryan. It's Brooke in the Casman. I wanted you to see her fixing the hair because it's cute. I don't know. <laughs> so we're on date night because the quarantine's almost kind of over. You're literally up just a little head. Okay. Here we go. Here, she's a bigger head now. So bigger head now. Head. Anyway, we're on date night. Here's Liz Brooks. She's not a little head anymore. We're on date night. We went to Zaragoza on Bank Street in New Milford, like usual. Sorry, everybody. Um, oh, look, there's my car. There's a demon because we say it all the time. On East Coast Street, we talk about going there all the time when we eat outside. Anyway. I'm talking a lot because I had a drink. Oh, she's talking a lot she had a drink. There we go. Um, but, Mr. Ryan, we are on a bridge. As you can see the little structure behind us. I'll turn around so you can get a full view. Check back to next episode to see if I push him off or not. We're not going to jump because we're not fucking crazy and we don't need to die today. Um, but yeah, no, that's what it's called. Lovers leap. I know, we're yeah, lovers. You'd leap anyway. So extra. I, I'm, I'm extra. She's learning this now. Anyway, check yeah. it out. We're going to go turn around. Come on, baby. Get in the shot here. No. And boom, look at this cool bridge. You know, it's like all Connecticut and shit, right? <laughs> Brooks wearing a really good dress. As you can see, let me just take a look in there. Oh, good grief. I know, she looks good. I'm just going to get a little closer. So I um, just want to let you guys know we love you uh, from Connecticut in the middle of nowhere on a Friday night. Say goodnight, babe. Bye. Let's go say goodnight, goodnight babe. babe. There we go. Love you guys. Go. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, well, we're not going to jump. Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, they didn't jump. All right, let's see. It's 5.12 here in the, uh, here in the p.m. Here in the Pacific. PM here in the Pacific. That's that's Pacific Daylight Time. PDT. There's been some confusion. Daylight Time, I believe, was started by Ben Franklin. (laughs) Uh, In all seriousness, though, I do have more East Coast feeds that we could play, but I do feel bad for Michael, uh, mainly because he's sitting in traffic. I don't remember what that's like. When was the last time you had to sit in traffic? Long time ago. Gosh. Ago. I'm also wondering. <clears throat> we can always we could always do a playset pop in because you're here too. You want to do a playset pop in? I would. Let's, let's try that. 
All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at you for a second while I come over here and just see. Maybe this will work. Oh, you know what? That would be really funny. Let's just try it. Look this. If this works, this will really be something. I don't know. I don't have high hopes, but if it does, it'll be something. Here's somebody squeaking around in their chair over there. Who could that be? Me, trying not to. <laughs> All right, well, she didn't pick up. I was calling Brooke Kaz there because I thought that would be its own funniness. Of We're watching you on television. Now we call you on the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Oh, and by the way, if you didn't know, this uh, this, <laughs> this segment is entitled <laughs> "Knock Knock." It's a playset pop in. I completely <laughs> forgot to, to to tell you exactly what that was called. Uh, <clears throat> let us see once again here. I don't know if this will work, but I'm going to give it a shot. I have a feeling this one may work, but if it doesn't, I don't want him to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> if this person finds out that they missed a call, ah! <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I'll see if we can hear you. All right, let me turn this around. Let me. See. I don't know how to. Oh shoot! I'm just on, I'm just on my phone. No, of course you are. You're so great. <laughs> I'm trying to get it here. That's Tori Lonzo, everybody. <laughs> Tuesdays with Tori, Wednesday edition. <laughs> You are. I just tried Brooke Kaz a second ago before because we were doing a bunch of East Coast feeds because our guest is uh, stuck in traffic, yet we're here live. And uh, I, of course, yeah. I mean, you know how it goes. Of course. Um, well, so shoot, I can pop on the. Uh, I, I feel bad. I should uh, <laughs> on the computer. <laughs> no, you're you're great. Let me see if I got enough buttons here to go. I think then I can share your screen as usual and then bring you up here. There we are. It's nice and dark in my living room. I'm watching Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. It's really good. Oh, oh, Mrs. Ryan says it's good too. Mrs. Ryan is in the studio also. Now you can't see her, of course, or can you? Because you're in the. Are you in the app with me now? I I just all I see is you. Oh, okay. All right. I wasn't sure how this worked. Yeah, it's really good. How many has she watched? Four. She says four. Woo! Yeah, they're good. They're <laughs> really good. <laughs> I'm watching the one, I'm watching the one right now about the uh, the hairdresser lady that goes missing from her like hair salon. It's good, it, but obviously Robert Stack is dead, right? Yeah, Robert Stack's not on this one, There's but no they hope. give him a little like uh, they 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 give him a little nod in the title sequence, which is not so. <laughs> Mrs. Ryan, I get, I just gave Mrs. Ryan like the no, he can't hang on one second. Let him talk signal, and I, I, she, her face made me feel very bad. So now I want to say I'm sorry. I was that was my fault. Uh, um, uh, do you remember the movie Basketball? Yeah, of course, with Matt Stone and Trey Parker. My my favorite part, not my favorite part, but one of my favorite jokes in that movie is when they're watching Unsolved Mysteries, and he's like, I don't know where he is. He's probably hanging from his neck in his fucking closet, and they actually have Robert Stack say. Theory number one, he's hanging by his neck in his fucking closet. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really, like, underrated movie. That's I, Like, I think it completely tanked in the theaters, but then it's like a cult classic after the fact. Oh, that could so, be. 
Yeah, I loved that movie. I had the VHS tape of that. I used to watch that constantly in college. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to blow anything for our next Tuesdays with Tori, uh, but I do just want to tease it by saying, "Hey, did you watch anything last night?" Hey, I did. <laughs> Can't wait to talk to you about it and see what yeah, you thought. Yeah, we'll talk about it for sure. Awesome. Uh, I love you, buddy. We literally just wanted to check in. I, I, I dig that you're – is this – are you behind your studio right now, literally? Yeah, that's, that's the wall. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm on my couch. Just uh, here, let me see if I can flip it around. You can see, like, boom. Oh, that's so crazy. Awesome. Oh, we. Yeah. you just got fact-checked, son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That could have been that movie you described last night. I, know, I was going to say, well, I want everyone to know it's not love. <laughs> it's not watching porn. Oh, my gosh. Look for tomorrow's cutdowns to see what we mean by that. Holy crap. Oh, my gosh. You, I, I want to hear your reaction if you see that, by the way. I'll, you only have to give yourself, like, 30 seconds of that, of the first, like, you know, beginning of that. I just, I, I want to know the shock that you experience if it's anything like what I went through. Oh, that is so funny. All right. Well, I, I guess I have to now. Jeez, it wasn't. It wasn't on my list. <laughs> it wasn't. My, my, wasn't in the my queue. Apologies. <laughs> my apologies in advance. But it's rather shocking. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, thanks for picking up. And this has been. Hang on. Where the where the knock knock? It's place that pop in. <laughs> it was our first successful pop in. That's so awesome. All right, buddy. Have a great night. All right, man. <laughs> Talk to you later. Oh, and with that, we have a front door ringing. It's almost like we planned it. Who is this? Yo. Ah, <laughs> that sounds like Michael O'Neill. I'm going to buzz him in. There we go. Awesome. So he should be up here in just a couple minutes. Mrs. Ryan, thank you very much. She's going to open the door. This whole thing is amazing. I can't even believe it. It's as if we planned it. Planned the traffic and everything. It really did work out well. Uh, we do have one more East Coast feed. We'll just do that while he's coming upstairs in the elevator or whatever, while he's getting through security, getting his badge and everything, of course, to come up to the studio. Uh, um, one more East Coast feed. All right, let's see where they are today. Roll it, Hal. Mr. and Mrs. Ryan is the East Coast feed coming to you live from Candlewood Lake. Look, here's Brooke and Sarah. There they are, enjoying the better part of Connecticut's Candlewood Lake, the biggest man-made lake on the planet. There's uh, Mark and there's Jody on Jody's boat, having a good time. East Coast feeding it to you live, right, Sarah? Right, exactly. Because hey. we have Brooke in in the water, where she doesn't like lakes at all, because they're dirty, so dirty. Right, babe? Tell Jay and Sarah and Nicole said hi. Ha <laughs> ha! You feel the love. Anyway, we love you guys. Have a good time. Look, there's like jet skiers and life happening in Connecticut. Welcome to uh, I think it's New Fairfield, Sherman. I'm not sure where we are. Big lake. Google that. When I was uh, when I was a kid, that uh, we did go out on that lake all the time too. And if we were with any tour guides, you'd always see Robin Leach's house. Be like, That's one of the, the one of the, the houses and the lifestyles of the rich and famous. And he was he was always up there, like having you know, like in their little lounge chairs. It was like a big long lawn. Uh, uh, you know, where they would, I don't know, you'd fucking <laughs> drink and have cigars and look at all the people. Oh, it was so funny, though. Uh, Michael, what's up, brother? Hello. Michael is in the house. Michael O'Neill, I'm not going to, we already talked all about you. You should just come in. With, help yourself. Come on in whenever you're ready. <laughs> I have a, a water in here for you, too. Yeah, got it. Oh, that's so funny. Take your time, though. There's no rush. 
Um, I could talk about Robin Leach all day. <laughs> Is he getting an ice cube? Yeah. I wish I had the kitchen cam. <laughs> I hope everybody can hear it. Whenever you want, brother. Uh, I may as well just introduce as we're live here. It's coming in right on time at 520. Have a seat, brother. Have a seat right over there. Hello. Get you set up. Oh, look, you have mugs already. I did. I brought, I brought my own mug. You did. You know why? Is it one of yours? No. Oh. But. Well, I'll tell you about this. So as you know. Hello, Jay. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Um, as you know, I nerd out really hard about like podcasting and hosting and things like that. So this is a huge, <laughs> huge thrill for me, first of all, just to be here. Second of all, I know that as I grew up, everybody that had a mug on Carson or Letterman always had booze in it. So I had to bring a little mug and a little booze because it seemed like the the right romantic thing to do. So you really did? Did you crack a little bit? Yeah, up? I put a little. Uh, and you're well, welcome. I had brought some if you'd like some. It's we, we don't bourbon. Drink I didn't. I didn't know. In our home. No, yeah, I'm just I was going to say. Well, that's a problem. All right. <laughs> great. Uh, thanks for having me. See you is later. It Mormon? You can't. I can't remember which one it is. No, yeah, it's Mormon. Totally. Drunk. Anyway, hi. It's so good to see you. You Thank as well. Thanks for here. having me. This has is is it's it's <laughs> you're our first guest. Since post COVID, since uh, well, since Paul Provenza is what I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> and while that is true, yeah, the first one since the COVID uh, thing even started. Yeah, you're the first one in person. I was just listening to that you. show on the way up, the Paul Provenza. Oh, really? One because he introduced it, which was cool. He did that whole like, didn't oh, he do like yeah, the whole yeah, real introduction? Oh, that's yeah, funny. yeah, that was cool. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I don't know where to start with you, other than you brought your own mug and you and my and put booze in it, and you celebrate the whole thing as well. Um, this is the Letterman stuff. This is so cool. Can you remind me that? Give me the Twitter version of how you ended up with this. Uh oh, boy. Sure. No, there isn't one. I don't. There's know. not a Twitter version. Can I? That's maybe that. Maybe you can help us with that. Maybe there should be one. I yeah. grew up totally obsessed with, uh, not even Letterman, but the show and the work and you know, all of this fucking technical. Yeah, I haven't even, I even yeah. really taken it all in yet. I just came in. I'm like sitting, but oh. Well, is uh, it? It's all miniature, right? I'm assuming. Did you have any idea it would be this small? I didn't know if I was going to your house or to a separate studio or like I had no idea. So you do a really great job. Um, the set is amazing. <laughs> Excuse me, amazing. I think that it looks great on camera. You've got all this great control over. It. It's just so cool. So thanks, man. Well, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm excited to be here. When That's I was all. a kid watching these shows, what I was kind of always amazed with was it was Dave's little playland. It was like Mr. It was, there was Romper Room when I was a little kid, and then I found Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was like that was his own little sort of fantasy land. And then when I was old, there wasn't anything, you know, for a long time. And then when I was a little bit older, it was like, oh, this guy on late at night sort of has that same thing. He's yeah, like this there's a vibe playhouse. Where he kind of calls the shots, yeah, and anything can happen, yeah. And you're not high enough, by the way. You know, he was always significantly higher. Elevated. yeah. We don't than have his guests. The only thing we don't have actually is his chair. It, it, they kept it and it crapped out, and they've replaced it over the years. Did you see on his last show or one of the last shows where Seinfeld switched with him? Oh, I, I think I remember. And that. and yeah. so Seinfeld. Then sat in his chair, and he's leaning leaning down on Dave. And he goes, yeah, it's a little intimidating, is it? Because he's, you know, a foot and a half higher. At least. Yeah. Uh, 
I do remember that. He sat on the back of the other chair, right? At, at yeah, one he, point. yeah. At, at some point, yeah, he he flipped the script, and then and then they did the uh, the running where Dave oh runs God, out on the curtain and then runs back. I saw that not too long ago. I totally forgot cool. about that. That might have been the same show, probably. Right? It was, yeah. I watch a ton of like old Carson and and Letterman so on YouTube. So do I. I. So do I. Yeah. I, I keep it going from there. I even watch old Merv and old uh, uh, when oh. David Brunner used to have a show. Oh, that's cool. Do you get? Do you go that deep with? No, stuff? like mostly just Letterman and, and uh, Carson. What were we watching lately? Dick Cavett. A lot of old Dick Cavett stuff. Dick Cavett. Uh, Carl Reiner has been on uh, some stuff we watched. Yeah, Ooh. Carl Reiner guest hosting stuff as well. Right. It's pretty wild. Who's a, who's the good interviewer you think of that era? Uh, well, I, I'm going to say Dick Cavett myself, only because of what he was so. He's kind of like. I don't intend to act like Dick Cavett. I think unintentionally I, I have a sort of a trait where you're just weird enough that it gets mm. something else out of people that maybe they wouldn't normally share with like a straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that um, – Do you know what I mean by that? You laughed. I mean Dick Cavett was sort of yeah. – uh, He was a little odd and he wasn't afraid with being odd. He was very comfortable with There's his oddness. Vulnerability. Mm-hmm. vulnerability. Good point. That transparency, I think, is what people crave now for content anyway, Mm -hmm. is they want people to be real humans yeah. instead of sort of these uh, weird, yeah, just this weird, like, insubstantial things that that don't really, um, you know, that don't have a voice and don't really uh, have a perspective. I think people want... I think maybe it's one of the reasons why Howard Stern was uh. the goat. He always had a perspective. And it, when you when you look back on it, they all all the good ones had a a perspective and and were very much a not fence sitters. They were either like you either like us or you don't. They have a position. Yeah. And um I was really lucky uh, a couple years ago, I got I've had breakfast with uh, Larry King and Cal Fussman oh, twice. I was going to say Larry King twice. He was a little bit older, next generation. I got to have breakfast with him, with him at a mm. bagel place in Beverly Hills twice, and the second time it was me and Cal Fussman from Esquire, and just an amazing storyteller, Larry, and a couple other people that were like they were talking about I forget which Hollywood starlets they were talking about, but. They were talking about it because that guy dated her and this guy was her manager and these guys were just like the Hollywood guys, you know, in the 60s, 70s, 80s. And he had so much respect for Oprah. Larry Larry did. Um, by the way, Larry's done, I think he said 46,000 interviews. Wow. FYI, for your 10,000 hours, just wow. in case. Yeah. Um, he had three that day. He was 90 or whatever he is. You know, he had three that <laughs> he day. He has that schedule. He yeah, does. he's he crushing does. it. But um, he said the amazing thing about <laughs> Oprah, and they had so much respect for her that she'd be on her show and she'd be digging in with this guest. He would be like really deep and intimate and some tragic story. And, you know, it's quiet, pin drop quiet. Then they'd have to break for commercial and it would be chaos mm-hmm. for three minutes. And then she would have to bring that energy exactly back where it was. And he said, that's her genius. She was so good at bringing that whole audience and the crew and the guest right back to that intimate moment. I thought that is, I never even thought of that. No. But holy, that's some you just opened my Stradivarius eyes type. 
I mean, to take Savanti. a deep breath to calm myself down is sometimes a big task. To yeah. calm a room of 300 down is like, what? <laughs> and, and, and go back to the same energy where you were. It's almost like when a stand-up... Um, have you watched Talking Funny a thousand times like I have mm, on no. HBO? No, but only because I don't know about it yet. It Talking like- Funny is uh, Jay Seinfeld, uh, Ricky Gervais, Louis C.K., and Chris Rock talking about the art of comedy for an hour. I'm sorry. I think I did. It's yeah. from maybe it's five, on YouTube. Five or six yeah, years it's ago. on YouTube. Yes. I've probably watched it 50 times because as a presenter, every time you watch it, you learn something else about presenting. But they, um, they talked about staying. Staying in the bit, staying in the energy of the bit. So you say something and there's an applause break or the crowd does a thing. Instead of talking over it or do shifting or pivoting, you stay right there in that energy and then you continue on. And that was a real lesson to me. That was a real lesson to, to let... Um, in fact, Ant Enstead, who you also interviewed, well, I loved that show. We talked about being able to stay silent to let a moment happen when you're interviewing someone and you let them say something and you just hang out and let it simmer a little bit and amazing things happen when you let people simmer like that. It's cool. When you have someone, sometimes my own excitement gets me and I get my, I'm like, my, oh, but I, I t- it turns into the Chris Farley show. Do you remember that one time awesome. when you... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, totally. that was awesome. Yeah, totally. Oh, that was awesome. Remember the time when you? Uh, yeah, that did the album too. Yeah. And it's like I know I should be taking a breath, just waiting. I know I should be letting them talk, but I right. sometimes I'm tripping over my own self. And then when I watch it back, all I think of is I just hate myself. And then right. sometimes other people will will tell me back like that was my favorite part of that episode because it <laughs> showed how uncomfortable you are with yourself. Mm. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? With me and my own skin. But there is a thing. Um, have you had Magnus on this show? Yeah, a couple times. So, a few times. He, Magnus is amazing, but he's also like, you got you to gotta rein him in sometimes because he just tells stories for a long time. And sometimes I, I, I was just like, I wanted to be like, all right, and so you have to jump in because if you don't <laughs> jump in, seven minutes has gone by. You know what I mean? I do. I, I, do you think some of that comes down to experience? I think the first time he was here, he was far more experienced at this than me. And I think, if anything, he made sure. sort he of... Sure, he took the took reins the yeah. a little bit. I think so. Yeah. Because the, the second time, I, I felt like he was prepared to do the same thing. And then he was maybe even pleasantly surprised into a conversation. Which, I think that it to yeah, me is a compliment. I think that when you play that the tennis game and you start, you're able to banter back and forth a little bit in that way, that when those kinds of people that have been interviewed a thousand times come on and they say, Oh, wait a second. This, this dude has chops. Mm. I don't need to do all the heavy lifting here because they've already done the thing and they've plugged the thing oh, and they've they done the get comfortable and they Take get my comfortable. Shoes off, that's right. A little bit. Yeah. I often well, start interviews with what I call non sequiturs. So I'll, I, based on some research, I'll ask them something that they've probably never been asked before. Because it gets them, and something that they're really into, so it might be about a sports team or about a trip they took, about their kid's softball game or the fact that they do a Yoda impression, whatever it is, sure. and something they've like never been asked before. And, they, and to them, they go, oh, that's interesting. This isn't something I've been asked before. Then they get to tell a story. They go, okay, that's what this is. This, is, this opens the door for- Interesting. Yeah, for I don't have to just apply my narrative to this- 
this show. I don't have to ram my book through, you know, this podcast. Well, it shows your preparation, I guess, too. Do, do you, um, are you a big one for preparation when, when the, for the person who's sitting in the chair? I mean, it seems like a stupid question, but I'm asking for a reason. I don't think that there's uh, a, a, a bigger ace in the hole than having some preparation. Sure. The reason why Howard's so good is because he has 50 pages that Baba Bowie has prepared on that guest, mm-hmm. and he can, um, and Dave had the blue cards. <laughs> so I think that um, there was so much that went went through that before it ever got to these cards, <laughs> much like that Baba Bowie. Right. Oh my God. Well, but the, when you when you can do that, it's the difference between saying um, blah, blah, blah is our guest. Hey, why don't you fill in the blanks or tell the rest of the story about blank? And what was it like to be on campus in 1972 when this protest was happening? So you actually get them to. There's like a real question instead of being like, I don't know anything about you, you know. So that's usually the key. And the, to answer your question, depends on the guest. Oh. So if they're... To, I'll always do some research, and I always have some stuff in front of me. But if it's like an A-lister, then I'll, 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 I'll be much more prepared. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Do you ever, uh, do you ever get into an interview that you want to n- not know as much about because you want to maybe get your take live? I, it sounds like wing, yeah, no. wing is the wrong word, but be, for whatever for, reason. It I've happens all the time. Where I specifically, ah, don't give me No, that, I don't want to talk, don't I don't wanna talk to you right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't happens me, all the time. Don't give me that material because yep. I want to. I want whatever. the spontaneous question mm-hmm. part of this. Happens all the time, especially with friends or if someone I don't know and like, well, um, like I met uh, Scott Page, <laughs> who's the uh, sax player for Pink Floyd. Oh, wow. And I knew that we were sitting at dinner and I knew that I was going to interview him. And so as soon as, we made that like, hey, can I interview you? Um, I I intentionally stopped digging into his whole thing because I wanted. Do and it, by the way, it later. It was, to me, maybe the best show I've ever done. Really? Yeah, it was ridiculous. We had the uh, bass player, I think, for Roger Waters here. It's kind of okay. similar. Kinda I similar. mean, did, but to get to that level of. Like, you know, because this guy not only was in Pink Floyd, but founded Toto, founded (laughs) Super Tramp. Like, it was a huge, you know. Three of my favorite bands right there. Yeah. And it's funny because we, I'll tell you a really quick story, even though it's not car related. I'm sorry, but we'll get back to it in a second. Um, He canceled. We made this plan to do this show via, via Zoom. And he canceled. He goes, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I've got to go meet with Akon about blah, blah, blah. He's like hip-hop mogul guy. And I go, okay. He goes, but tell you what. We're playing a gig in Dana Point. This is when I lived in San Diego. I live in Long Beach now, by the oh, way. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he goes, uh, we're playing a gig in Dana Point on Saturday. If you want, come Wait, up early. Are you listening to us live? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, awesome. that's so um, cool. But so um, he goes, we're playing a gig in Dana Point on Saturday. Um, if you want... Uh, come up a little early. We'll we'll grab dinner and we'll do the show. And if you want, you come sit in with the band for a couple tunes. Nice. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll see if I'm uh, available for that. That'd be great." Holy, you know. And so we go You're there. A drummer, it's on. I'm the a drummer. Cards. Yeah, it's on the cards. And um, it. So we did the show. It was mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. Where, where were you in Dana Point? I mean, there's not some restaurant. Some restaurant. I had my Zoom H6 and two SM58s. It's fine. Unbelievable. Yeah, and. Um, I've done a million shows like that with those that mic set up. But uh, the stories, they played in front of 700,000 people at one show. How is that even in, possible? In Venice. They were on a barge Holy on the water, and the smokes. whole city was 
there. Isn't that insane? That's, it's incredible. And I can't. Well, they sold out six nights at Wembley at 150,000 people apiece, which was amazing. And I'll tell you this really quick, really quick. But one of the most humbling experiences I've ever had was three years ago. There's a big conference called Social Media Marketing World. Okay, it's a big podcasting, internet marketing kind of deal. I was doing a couple sessions on podcasting. And he said, hey, will you be part of the house band? We're going to play the keynote on and off the stage. I said, yeah, sure. We play together now a bunch of times, probably like 10 or 12 times. And so um, <laughs> 4,000 people in the crowd. So we get into, um, we have a quick rehearsal. And we're going to do, we're doing um, uh, Moondance. Oh, beautiful. Right? We're doing Ain't No Sunshine by Bill Withers. And we're doing Superstition by Stevie Wonder. Right? Great. I've played those songs. There's a, again three of the be- Van Morris. I mean, you just named incredible. Great. Yeah, but I've played those th- songs forty-seven thousand times Fair. in dive bars around sure. the world. Anyway, so we do our quick little rehearsal. Okay. So I go do my little podcast thing. I come back, and now the lights are on, and now there's four thousand people, and now it's a whole thing, right? And so we do our tunes, we bang through them, and um, for superstition. Now, not a lot of people knew that I play drums sort of in my podcasting world but it was like a major it's mostly what i am as a drummer really? yeah and so when they saw that all these people were like filming and doing instagram and all this stuff so i'm maybe maybe showing off a little bit (laughs) if i'm being honest so we bang through the tunes we have a 45 minute break until we have to play uh mojo working i got my mojo working to, to as the outro once the keynote is off, right? Solid boom chick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so... I'm a drummer too. All right, great. That <laughs> We can talk a lot about it. We can nerd out hard about that. So you'll appreciate this. Well, in fact, for uh, Superstition, that is a... Stevie Wonder played that song originally on drums, and it's... Don't stop. Don't stop. Four on the up. floor, yep. straight ahead. Da, 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 ba, da, ba, da. Now, instead of playing straight through like you're supposed to for that I went all Dennis Chambers on it right I'm all over it and so and I you know it was fine but we we, we get off stage and um, I go across the hallway and the keyboard player uh, old white guy in keys old black guy in bass are sitting at a table by themselves there's a million tables <laughs> so I'm like hey what's up dudes I'm like hey we, you know, we start chatting and um and the and the guy goes, uh, I go, yeah, it was fun, huh? And he goes, yeah. And then the guy, the the keyboard guy, gives me the compliment sandwich. Oh gosh. And he goes, uh, and he goes, yeah, you know, um, I got to tell you, that superstition felt as good as I felt it in twenty five years. I'm Here like, we go. Yeah, thanks. Here we go for the first half. Oh. oh. <clears throat> okay, I'll just sit down for the next ten minutes. The dude just dresses me down. You know, we're all part of a band. If everybody plays and does their thing and then you know it was a whole thing and I'm agreeing with him because I knew I'd overplayed right (laughs) but so I don't know these guys I don't know these guys I'm assuming that they are also speakers at the event which is what the band was sort of assembled from right we're all wearing our little name tags so I somewhere in my phone I'll show you I jotted their names down in my phone as as we're chatting and so then during the the next we have 10 minutes we go out to the wings and we're waiting i just decided to fire their names in my phone and both their wikipedias came up and i was like mm. normal people don't no. have wikipedias though <laughs> though <laughs> mm. so it turns out i was playing ain't no sunshine 
um, uh, by Bill Withers with Jeff Paris, Bill Withers' keyboard player. Sweet. <laughs> and Superstition with Reggie McBride, Stevie Wonder's bass player. Sweet. It's not sweet. I would have played different, dude. No. I would have played no. different. You're talking about humbling. Story. That is This is the humbling. story you needed and deserved. Guitar Guy was from Steve Miller Band. And this is where I go, oh, I forgot that Scott was the guy that put this band together. And of course, he just called his buds that are all famous music guys. I'm sure if you or I put together a pickup band, it would, it would have be been some players too. Well, but nevertheless, I would have played studio mode instead of show off guy mode. I see your And point. I might have gotten a couple of gigs out of the deal. That's all I'm saying. Oh, you I never see the know point. You're pipeline. You're, I oh, see. And I blew it. So that's, that was me blowing it. Oh, I don't know. Too ego-y. Such a, I think that story's told upside down. It was cool. Down. I still think that story's told upside down. That is such a ego-y. good story. Mm. Anyway, Man. enough about me. Let's talk about you. I, uh, I, we had a, a, we did have a, a, I have a similar story though, where we, something, a friend of mine used to own a bar, uh, in Har- in Santa Monica that's still there, but lots of famous bands come through there, even though it's a tiny little dive bar. And we were having a conversation once about something, something Bill Withers came up and he's like, oh yeah, I played on that. It was James Gaston. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> right. James Gaston. It's crazy. It, it's one of the things I don't, um, I'm new to this area. Like I'm bra- I moved here March 9th, just in time to never leave oh, my house. Oh, dear Lord. So I've n- I don't know anybody in Long Beach. I don't know any restaurants. I don't know anything. I've literally been in my, in my house. But I've met a couple of people you know, here and there. Um, and it's crazy when they, they just start telling these stories. They're like, oh, yeah, we were on the set of, you know, whatever, Godfather and blah, blah. I was like, what? What yeah. are you talking about? And then here I am at this cool late night <laughs> place. Okay. Which is awesome. Well, I think that that's a wonderful segue to it. Since you had just moved and uh, uh, didn't have any friends or anything to do and you had to stay in your house, you decided to convert the garage into, I mean, it was already a garage, but you converted it into a garage slash studio slash man cave slash game room. Slash, I mean, it's everything. Um, what is the deal? What's the plan? <laughs> is it all going on the channel? Can we yeah. talk about your YouTube channel? Please, yeah. Uh, um, the Wrench channel is what I'm talking about specifically. That's what I follow. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's why I moved. That garage is why I moved from San Diego specifically. Oh, let's hear it. It's why I... It's, so I was speaking at an event in Texas and I mentioned from stage for some reason that I was being drawn to... LA. I love stand up. I love music. I love Porsche stuff. And there's way more of all of that stuff up here than there is in San Diego. Right. And this woman stopped me during a break and she said, Well, I live in Long Beach. I live in a really cool neighborhood called California Heights. And if you want, I'll text you a couple of uh, cool neighborhoods in Long Beach. I'm like, Yeah, sounds good. You know, whatever. Three days later, she sends me a couple of pictures right from her neighborhood. And the third picture is just these two double garage doors. And I was like, what is that? And so I called the landlord right away. And I said, what's the story? And she's like, yeah, it has a, a four-car four garage. Car I was garage. like, I will see you in an hour and a half. And she's like, well, I can't meet you now, but I can meet you tomorrow. Great. I pull in. And she actually had just gotten there. And she would walked into the garage. And I got out of my car. And I walked in. I said, cool, I'll take it. And she goes, do you want to see the inside of the house? And I was like kind of inconsequential really this is what I does need. it have a bed you know um <laughs> or does it have a bedroom and so i bought this i rented this um house with a four car 650 square foot four car garage but it's also three bedroom and it's got a great little spot for a podcast studio and so now i have a 
dedicated podcast studio, my little home theater set up in the living room, a full soundproofed drum room, a oh, two-channel man. listening room, my bedroom, and now this ridiculous garage where I've done epoxy floors and built a bar and I have a robot bartender and, and put LED a 5.1 surround system in it and put LED lighting and one of the walls is a movie screen and it's awesome. It's really awesome. So is it, it the garage isn't soundproof like the drum room? No, or the sit no, 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 no. But but you're no. not. I guess, I guess you're not watching mo- movies. No, I'm grinding crap in there, in there the yeah. whole time. So wow. no, but it's great when that when I'm allowed to do that again and I'm, I can actually have a housewarming party. Um, oh right, yeah. I will. Uh, yeah, I have a like a, a projector that projects onto the wall, and then it's the thing is I'm trying to I'm trying to build this channel, which is wrench R E N N C H. Wrench, there wrench, we go. Wrench, wrench, wrench. Um, <laughs> and um, I knew that to do that, I needed a long-term project. It's the only way you can really kind of muscle through on YouTube as a car person yeah. is to have a long project. So I found this car on Craigslist. Did everybody know this? Did everyone know this ahead of time? <laughs> I hid the part that we were apparently supposed to like building it all. I I was like, oh, we'll we'll let them see it when it's done. I oh right, all that. yeah, yeah. People I mean, like we, to, have, we have tons of video and stuff because I did capture it all. People want YouTube. to watch you mow your lawn on YouTube right now. Amazing. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry that's, to cut you off, but no, even, that's, even the process that the you thing. went through kind of blows me away. So I've done two garage build videos. I've done one and two of like grinding the floor and laying the paint down and taking people on a tour of the stuff. Then I'll have one more to do. Uh, when everything's all done. Okay. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I found this car, 1969 911S, mm. on Craigslist of all places, and they wanted ten grand for it. And I was like, no way. And I wrote the guy, and he didn't write me back. I said, all right, well, this of course was you know whatever. And so for some reason, I logged on on Friday, a, a couple days later, and I emailed him again, and he called me, and he said, yeah, the car's here. I'm like, there's a you've got a Porsche, a 1969 911S, and you want 10 grand for it. It was a race car. This okay. is the big, this is the rub. Untitled, maybe. Same kind of deal. I get in my car. I'm there in an hour, 40 minutes. My buddy's like, it's definitely stolen or a scam or fake. It wasn't any of those things. But what it was, was a completely gutted and modified race car with a huge wide body GT2 fiberglass kit on it. And integrated roll cage and camber adjustments but it had like 935 rear suspension can i talk car stuff like sure. okay good 935 rear suspension I mean, and Mrs. ryan doesn't like it. coilovers coilovers <laughs> all over and camber and caster adjustments like full race mode and i thought what a cool but no wiring no engine no transmission nothing it's a gutted car weirdly gauges the gauges were there and they're perfect and brand new i'm gonna put them in my my other car but um so I literally took a loan out. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I've got to, I got to commit. I got to, I got to go for it. I took a crazy high interest loan out in the guy's parking lot. I had my laptop with me. I tethered to my phone and I was like, all right, here you go, dude. And I gave him some money and um, I bought this car and I knew that it, over the long term, it would help build the YouTube channel mm. where it gets a little frustrating is I've done now 16 videos on this uh, car build as of today. I've done three on um, the garage or two on the garage and then a few other miscellaneous. So probably 20, 25 videos. 
And then you see sometimes these other channels that literally post one video and get a half a million views and 50,000 subscribers for no, they've had no previous anything, Mm -hmm. which is really frustrating. How does it work? Why does that happen? I don't effing know. (laughs) And it's very frustrating. I'm in a very frustrated portion of acceptance with that. So I'm guessing that you're the type of person because you know what you're doing. You care quite a bit about the numbers. Is that is that correct? Yeah, because I'm trying to build this thing. Yeah. Here's the deal. I want Wrench to be a brand and a retail store and a like a like a, a Deus Ex machina sure. machina. Um, I'm glad we're all for, on that same page. But for Porsche, and the only way I can really justify doing anything like that is to is to build an audience first so I can walk in and if there's going to be an investor or whatever, say, look, I've already got, you know, or, or even homebrew it, but I've got to get at least 10,000 followers, right. subs on that. I have 3,400 at the moment. So, and it's been a slog. It's not, you know, it's a couple. But it I, makes I'm me like, feel better that we're not that far lower and not trying, but look at the amount of Yeah, you guys have a branding issue. How long. Your, bra- your, your issue is your brand. That's why you're not growing as quickly as you could. Oh, you think? Yeah, because nobody knows that Late Night Play Set is a car talk show. Yeah, it's, not, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I would name it something or, or at least have a tagline that's a Late Night Play Set, Late Night Play Set, play set you know, the problem a was- car, a car Blah, blah, a car talk show or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and even that, I don't necessarily, even I'm wider than that because we do have famous comedians in here, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's every, as, as every bit of a car talk show as it is, it's not. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is weird. It's almost like what, what I had to do with the Solopreneur Hour is keep backing out until I found something that encapsulated all of it. You're, you're nailing you it. You know? Yep. And, and that's part of the challenge of creating a, a podcast or a YouTube channel is that it's typically months of figuring out what the brand is going to be if it's going to because otherwise you have to do all the heavy lifting whenever you're whenever you're like yeah i have a youtube channel and here's all the things we talk about <laughs> yeah, it's a pain versus like if if it was if the brand was nailed it would do all that for you you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i don't know i don't know the answer to this because it's a it's it's i mean it could be cars and comedy Oh, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, you know? it's okay. I, but I mean, I, that could be a. It could be late night plate set talking cars and comedy. That could that's be what as, it is now. As, as far cars as you comedy, need to go. Life on the air, something like yeah. that. Or cars comedy, good vibes on the air, something. Like yeah. That. So, and then man, that the the the, uh, the the mistress that is the YouTube algorithm. That's where I won't play, and that's where I've. Um, that's where we have definitely avoided success. Uh, in the past <laughs> matrix away from success yeah yeah unintentionally or intentionally whatever just by going oh i don't care for that uh, yeah uh, it is weird in that uh, there is no reward for quality anymore and that to me is a bizarre bitch that's to right swallow. that's right this is a lot of hey guys and you know they're on their phones and it's a not thing. talking about anything. They're not talking about anything. And like they're not good said, at it. mowing their lawn. Yeah, there's no chops yeah, He involved. sweat a lot yesterday, didn't he? He sure did. Yeah, he oh, sure I gotta, did. I'm yeah, my blade again. broke, but then I used my screwdriver, and you're like, 411,000 views, huh? Okay. That's great. That's great. All right. Well, we took you off uh, course of you needed this car to build this. So we're trying to build this, uh, this YouTube channel around this long-term build, but yeah. also your garage. I just watched the paint stripping yeah in the garage of the car um that was cool yeah and it's a lot (laughs) satisfying it is it's a lot it's more apparently paint peeling is better than paint drying 
substantially. You know, it's weird, and I haven't looked in a minute. That, I got both hands on this. <laughs> that <Sorry. laughs> video has more momentum than maybe any video that I've published so far. And it only went up yesterday? No, it went up four hours ago. I've watched it already? Yeah. The one with the... She's my chair. Yeah. Your straight face and I put everything. it up this morning. Oh, yeah, all right. Well. But so check it out. Let's see. Because typically my videos are now, again, they're getting 500, whatever. But it's a couple days by the time they get, let's say, 500 views. Um, this one has 457 views already. What's the and length of It's been of like your four videos? hours. This one's like 12 minutes. Uh, we did for the first time, people have been telling us to do this for two years, and I just did it for the first time like two days ago. Uh, you know, cut downs or, or clips, clips from the yeah. show, like, oh, this eight minute yeah. part of the conversation, this five yeah. minute part of the conversation. Just did that for the first time and like tripled the tripled or quadrupled the viewership overnight. <laughs> well, that's the good news when you don't have a ton of viewers or listeners yet is that every little thing you do can double or triple. Yeah, right. Like it's a lot. Yeah. Like do you promote all your stuff on, you know, Pelican and Instagram and Facebook and all those things? No. Because that's a thing. What that's is? all a thing. Doing oh, that. you're supposed to do that. Yeah, that's a thing. Oh, but people don't want to hear that from me. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I think that you... you you're missing the part where you're providing an entertainment value from your guests. Oh, them. Oh, I see your point. But it's not, but but me talking about it. I love the idea of promotional work, but it shouldn't be from from this guy. This guy talks enough. Is my yeah, is but, my feeling. I mean, there's not a late night She's host that doesn't promote her own stuff. Their own stuff. Uh, they all how, do. How do you mean? They all do. When but you're watching a football game. Jimmy Kimmel comes on and oh, disagree, sir. I know how all of, I know how everything behind this works. So does she. That's all somebody else. Those are someone else's words. You write the words. I'll say them for you all day long. Or if no, someone they'll, else they'll jump the in with a video and be like, "Hey, I've got uh, Tom Cruise and blah, blah blah tonight. Tonight at eleven o'clock, and it'll be Jimmy Kimmel saying it. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I've we've done that. We did a little bit of that. That got annoying pretty quickly for for most people. <laughs> Maybe you guys hate it, but it is a thing. I wouldn't have known about the Ant Anstead thing if I hadn't, I don't know, I don't know where I saw it, but I was like, oh. Well, he's, he helped promote sure. that episode, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the episodes that have gotten traction are the ones where like the people with the followings post or whatever, yeah. and then, oh, well then a 500 views goes to 15,000 or something right, like yeah. that. And those are great, but again, it's generally because of the ass that was in the seat. It's yeah. not because of him and her. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll yeah. talk about this offline. On to you. Uh, did, we, did we finish the long-term project and where to go with No. That? So here's what I'm doing. This one's called the Blasphemy Build. Um, I already have a this 69. 69, the same car. Yeah, I have a 69911, this gray car that I've already done. It's an RSR. You've seen it. Gray Ghost. The Gray Ghost. Um, I've got a 3.6 from a 95993 in it. It's all dorked up. It's, it's amazing and fun and fast and... Does all smells the right way and it makes all the right sounds. It's pretty. And it's pretty. Thank you. This is not that. This build is not going to be that. I got this thing gutted and I did a little research. And if I were to put, um, let's see, how do I frame this? We think these cars are a little too precious mm. right now. These 911s and these 912s. When I bought my car, the gray car, it was five grand. You know, I bought it from a field in Colorado, and it was like, that's what it was supposed to be. It was the equivalent Volkswagen pricing of a car that was like a little bit better. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. 
well, some I, of the same parts, by the way. I grew up in Connecticut yeah. where 356s and 911s were at the corner on yeah. every, for sale for five to ten at the gas station. every single yeah. gas station. Yeah. So I thought, what could I do to really piss off the purists? That was the first thought I had. The second one was, I do all these Target events. So I do these big 1,500-mile you know, rallies in Mexico and Target, California, here. And it's like... These cars aren't the most comfortable thing in the world to rally for 1,500 miles with no air conditioning. And you get those guys like, the engine's the, you know, the music I listen to. I'm like, really? For five days, you're just going to listen to an engine? Um, so I, th- I had a couple ideas. I thought, and this has evolved a little bit, but I thought, what if I could take the things that make Porsche Porsche, Brembo, Big Reds, Guards Red Paint, Flat six, you know, Porsche motor. Overbuilt. Um, yeah, maybe overbuilt, but I don't, I don't mind that so much. No, um, me neither. And sort of change all of those things. So I'm like, all right, it's not going to be red. I might oh, not I use Brembo brakes. And I've decided that I'm going with, I wanted a twin turbo Subaru six-cylinder engine. <laughs> This is not a car podcast. <laughs> here's why. Here's why it's going to be cool. Because Porsche co-designed this engine with Subaru. This is essentially an SC motor with VTEC. Wow. Here's the numbers, and this is why it makes sense. First of all, if you take one apart, there's German part numbers. So, Six-cylinder. It's a, and water jacketed. This is a Boxer Flat 6 from Subaru that was a lot designed by Porsche. Okay. They're pretty secretive about it, but you crack it open, it's all German part numbers. Uh, Here's the specs, though. Um, 180 horsepower. This is both 3 liter, so we're taking like an SC motor. 3 liter SC motor. uh, 180 horsepower for the Porsche. 240 horsepower for the Subaru. The weight is something like 600-something for the Porsche and 480-something for the Subaru. It's like 70 or 80 pounds lighter. With all the uh, accessories and accoutrement and yeah. radiator and everything? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, That's... radiator's on the other side of the – you move it to the front, right? So it's not all polar moment. But all that rear weight is is less. Yeah. Um, the... Oh, I see your point. Your balance changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah balance sure, changes. Sure. Um, here's the kicker. <laughs> Price-wise, SC Motors twelve to fifteen grand. A rebuild another fifteen. Subaru Easy Thirty R twelve hundred bucks. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my god. So you break it. It's like a one grand. piston. So for ten grand ish, I can build a four hundred and fifty horsepower twin turbo Subaru motor that I can tune with my iPhone. The Porsche equivalent is 70-ish and not tunable with my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Or if you go for the Gunther Works version, it's 250K for that crazy amount of the same power. So I'm like, you know, let's give it a go and just see how it... You can always put something else in. You can always put something else in. At worst case scenario is I put a you know, a, a 996 motor in when it, when it goes to hell in a handbasket. But for now... 
I want to see how it goes. How much will you have to? Do you even know this stuff? How much will you have to change as far as mountings and stuff? Is it the same? The as mountings the- will move uh, towards the front of the car a little bit. The uh, transmission, which I already have, is a nine nine six transmission cable shift, six speed, All limited slip. Yeah, I just plug that in. No There's shit. an adapter that I can get for this uh, motor that my buddy Matt Monson um, makes. And um, this is crazy. Yeah, this it bolts wild. right in. So then. Uh, Hall Tech is, I've, I've got really been fortunate, I should plug a little bit, um, I had a bunch of sponsors that came on because they, they knew a bit about my history and how I, I move and shake. Yeah, I, I just, I've been promoting stuff for a long time. You seem like a guy who gets things done. I don't, I don't know. How, that's that's how I would describe you, just from looking at your bio that you sent, and then just what I've heard get about you through our friends. Yeah, I mean, you know, I met you through Nicholas Hunziker, I think, and mm-hmm. he's kind of the same way. I just, you seem to be one of those people, so I understand why people would get on board. Well, Restoration Design sent all the panels over, which was super cool. I mean, like I had to put new quarter panels on and new front fenders and a whole rear of the car. So that, that was really cool of them. And then Haltech is doing the ECU. I don't know if you guys know Haltech. They're from mm-hmm. Australia. Um, uh, Eastwood, I think. I'm talking Lincoln Electric. I'm talking to Mac Tools. I'm talking like awesome. a bunch of cool companies that are, that are supporting. Um, and it's a fun – It's a. will tell you what's really cool about it is that there's no – I have literally zero restriction – on what I want to do. It's going to be, so what I'm calling it is a techno mod. So my goal is if it can come on a 2021 Mercedes S class and somebody from the aftermarket makes it, I want to put it on this car as long as I can continue to make the car stock looking. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, you know, Andrew from uh, Rasant, right? You've seen that red car with the beautiful digital dashboard that he's got. Probably. Well, so he's got this full Motec dash and it's like, 12 inches wide, but then he has all the vintage gauges on it. So it looks like it's vintage gauges, but it's all fully digital and, and cool. Sure. So that's definitely happening. Oh, um, wow. Rear view mirrors will be, um, rear view mirrors will look like mirrors, but I'm going to hollow them out and put cameras behind oh, the glass doing the whole thing. and then have mirrored window tint. So you'll, it'll just look like a mirror, but the goal is, in the screen in front of me, I can just flip a switch and I have full like rear camera, two cameras, and I have the whole spectrum behind me, right. which would be super cool. Um, I'm surprised you're not doing a paddle shift and everything else. Well, you know, what's funny about that is Busy from Busy Moto had a 996 twin turbo with a sequential gearbox yeah. that he was like, um, <laughs> he had the full powertrain. And... He goes, well, you could you put that in there. I thought that would also be blasphemous if I had like a prototypo, but with like full paddle shifts. That's what I'm that would be super cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Who knows? Well, yeah, we'll see how it, <laughs> maybe, how maybe it evolves. Um, I'm going to have two. power. Yeah, power. Not only regular power windows, but power quarter windows, which oh. people have done in Volkswagens, but not in Porsches. That's wild. And my goal. I don't know how I'm going to make this happen yet. Is I want to be able to go to like the Malibu Cars and Coffee or you know one of those events, and just be like, uh, "Hey Siri, it's hot in here," and my windows go down in the car. <laughs> I want to go. I want to have oh fully God. like automated, you know. So I'm trying to kind of just Shit, do. I need you, buddy. That's right. I could totally do that with the watch. <laughs> um, maybe not. Uh, it wouldn't drive to me, but you can do like TPS camber caster on the fly with these cool aftermarket kits they have, wow. which are like sensors they put inside your tires. So for racing, 
you can you can have camber and caster and tire pressure on your phone. All active. All active. Um, I'm talking to KW and Bilstein about active suspension, so I can switch into sport mode, and the thing lowers and stiffens, and it gets into comfort mode if you're going from one place to the other. So a lot of stuff like that that I think would be super cool that I haven't seen yet on an early car. And it's not going to drive like an early car. I don't know. We don't know. I get Yeah, good point. Because if I turn everything off, and the shocks are just the shocks, and the springs are just the springs, and the engine's just the engine, it should drive full analog. My goal is to keep it as analog as I can while also putting, you know, God, modern that accoutrement. Is, that is going to be such a mind F. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having an so. old feel with a Tesla interior, you know? Not well, that you're anything Tesla-like, but that modern. Yeah. But, but the goal is to have the stuff as hidden as possible. That's the deal. Oh. So you won't know it's there. You'll see the digital screen, but otherwise it'll hopefully look like a pretty stock interior. That is wild. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll be fun. I'm excited. You should be. This is interesting. Yeah. This is interesting. There's a lot of stuff to follow. It's it also, an, I mean, I now understand the blasphemy. I really thought it was more on like, oh, just some of the artistic choices and really like, no, it's oh, a no, no. fundamental I'm, choice. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to really irritate a lot of people with this one. Yeah, I was going to say you're a disruptor. That seems to be. I get it. Part of it, though, is I want the 12-year-old kid or the 14-year-old kid who wants, they've always wanted a Porsche. Or they are just getting that. It's just getting their talons. You know, Porsche is just getting its hooks. And they find some 912 for 6500 bucks. that's a massive rust bucket project. And they're not intimidated by, all right, well, I'm going to get some panels. I'm going to fix the thing up. And then I can put this other motor in and have a car that I can enjoy. Yeah. Instead of having to spend, you know, 30 grand minimum on a Porsche engine. So... We'll see. We may be starting a new category. Well, what did you call it? It wasn't resto mod. It was techno mod. Techno mod. Yeah, it's techno my mod. it's this my a new category. And it's a thing that when I was I went to SEMA last year and I walked around SEMA specifically with that in mind. I'm like, what are some of the cool? By the way, they've been doing this with hot rods and 914s for a million and and Volkswagens for a million years. Okay, they have all kinds of cool techie stuff they're doing body swaps with hot rods with mustangs and camaros and chevelles and you know like they've got all modern stuff underneath these old bodies and so i don't feel too guilty about it this car was going to never be a stock 911s by the way number 22 the serial number is 00022 off the off the line of the 911s are you taking bids on this particular car that, you know what? Before it gets cut into. Someone has already posted like, well, you should just bring it back to stock. I said, literally, it would literally cost $200,000 to do to that. To do that, yeah. There's, I have nothing. Right. I don't have an interior. I have nothing. I have the, the, the car. That's I have it. a shell of a car. And it's been hacked into, like you wouldn't believe, right through. It's, For the race car. Yeah, everything's been cut out. and. Is there any interesting racing history Was it with it? Was it, was it ever raced? It, it never left the building. Oh, bummer. So built, cut up, and never even run. Cut up in 1994. This is part of the cool story of it, though. Uh, cut up in 1994 by a father and son team. Then they had a falling out, and the car sat in their storage in their showroom for 25 years until I bought it. Common tale. But 
brand new. That's what's cool about it. You're it's got a brand it. new fuel safe, fuel cell, and brand new 25 years ago. <laughs> new old stock. New old stock. <laughs> it's, the whole thing has never been touched. So the seats, I had these Cobra seats in it, and they were so, the, the foam has completely disintegrated. So it's just metal bars and fabric because it's been 25 years. That is so cool. Yeah. I mean, it must be a neat time capsule, though. It's cool. A picture, you know, back to the future when they The guy did amazing engineering. Amazing race engineering. You guys, if you're a car person, go back and look at the first couple of episodes of this where I go through all the rad engineering this guy did. It's incredible. Right. So it's, it was half of the list that I was going to do to this car anyway had been done. That's it's the perfect car for this. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, who knew? Um, all right, so the YouTube channel obviously wrenched with two ends. Yeah, R E N N C H. What about maybe uh, my favorite brand I've ever done? Is it? Yeah. And you're just starting. I mean, you're just growing. No, I was a branding guy for 15 years. That's like my career. Well, no, I saw that, but I mean, this is. Your oh yeah, but wrench, wrench is just as starting. a brand, like as a brand name and logo and identity was is I think my favorite one I've ever done. Because it's awesome. really, when you know about the word Ren in the Porsche world and how ubiquitous it is, I remember right where I was. I was in this bar uh, called The Rabbit Hole in San Diego, and I was thinking I wanted to do an app. And the app was going to be, if, if you want to do an oil change or adjust your valves or something on a vintage Porsche, you'd be able to fire up the app. And I was going to run it kind of like iTunes where you'd, you know, we'd do a bunch of videos, you'd pay 99 cents, and you'd have this full DIY tutorial. And so I partnered with a guy there, a guy who owns a really prominent, famous shop in San Diego. And I couldn't get him. He'd been doing it for too long. And I couldn't get him to be like, you know, I'd be like, hey, do you have an oil change coming up or a brake job or whatever? I'll come in and shoot it. And I just could never get him on board. I'm like, you don't have to do anything. I'm going to film it. I'm going to host it. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to publish it. I just need the, the shop and, and the regular experience to do it. And I, we, we couldn't sync. And so at some point, I saw the writing on the wall and that YouTube was really the place for this. And said, so, you know what? I'm just going to start putting all this stuff on YouTube. And so that's what I did. Gosh. Yeah. That's how it started. But it was going to be a, like a mechanic in your pocket. That was the I, original idea. And then you, but you see it going to be uh, as a, as like a, you said a Porsche related brand, um, companion brand, maybe, would you say? Yeah. Where I've got a couple products it? that I'm working on. One is a, um, called Jack in the Bag. So it's this really cool, um, well, you know, like when you go to an autocross or a track day, everybody has the blue Harbor Freight oh, aluminum jack. Oh, a jack in the bag. <laughs> I get right? it. <laughs> yeah. So I made this rad, um, I made this rad bag. To store all of your um, your your jack like at the track or whatever. Um, here, I'll show you. Here it is, right here, from in concept and in practice. So that's it in practice. I don't know if there's a camera you can show it to. It's but amazing. If, but if you flip one more picture, you'll see what it looks like when it's closed. And it that is very goes into cool. your trunk, and it you know it's it's very cool. It's a it's a cool. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, be careful swiping. Uh -huh, right. Yeah, there's that. that yeah, that was that was actually at. Uh, that's the gray ghost. That was at. Um, that was uh, that's me next to multiple millions of dollars of cars um, at Rensport Reunion. So that's a a roof, uh, whatever it was, CTR. Then the Singer, the the 4.0 Singer, was right next to me there. Oh, really? And that was cool. And then, so the goal is though, is that this thing looks like a um, looks like Porsche did it, and it fits right into your trunk. And it's got little hooks 
that hook onto your um, your strut tower brace. And I've got little. It's leather and houndstooth, and it looks like it's supposed to be there. <laughs> so it's a place it. where you're when you go on, you know, either a long rally or you're at an autocross or track day that you can put your your cool jack and all of the, uh, you know, all the jack stuff you need. That's, That's really the cool. goal. I anyway. love it. A jack Thanks. in a bag. For some, reason, bag. for some reason, I went to the, you know, mm. <laughs> when you're a kid. Well, that's okay. That's, that's part of it. And then, <laughs> and then, um, and then a set of coveralls that are you're sort of, friend. that are, that are new and, and, um, cause you know, I was, I celebrate the guy, the DIY shade tree mechanic guy. And I want, I want to be able to give tools and accessories for that person. So when you're, you know, you're on some date with your hot chick and you get a flat, you can just zip these coveralls on and go and change it and not mess up your, your fancy clothes and put them back in your bag and, and roll. And it's just part of the, the lifestyle. What you said made perfect sense, but you said it a little bit like John Levitt's. So that's where I went. It's like, hey, you just put it in. You just put it in. Hey, and you it's know, just a, hey. Um, <laughs> I got to ask a question on David Spade's show. Lights um, out. Lights out. Uh, last year. Yeah, I went to a taping, cool. and then they, they took... It was the first time they'd ever taken questions from the audience. They say that every night. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I said... Um, I asked what the best piece of comedy advice they'd ever received. It was Martin Short. Martin Short, David Spade, John Lovitz, and... Um, I forget who else. And... This is the panel. This is the panel. Wow. It was great. That's a great show. And so Martin, Martin Short, Short answered. It was really cool. And then, weirdly, they did the show itself cut up just my question and it was Martin Short and John Lovitz answering that question on like a bench you know the next day or two days later they made it into a little bit for oh, YouTube funny. which was so cool and then my friend Allison who I went with got you know how you can like uh, pay I don't know what it's called but you can like pay a celebrity to wish you a happy birthday oh, or whatever yeah, 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 whatever yeah, that is yeah, cameo cameo yeah um, so John Lovitz uh, wished me a happy birthday after that oh, look at that, John oh that's really cool. amazing yeah it was cool Macaroni and cheese. You gotta make this. <laughs> it was so cool. Grab hold of the sugar oh, I nerd out about a lot of this stuff because this is. I mean, I. Are you a nerd though? I mean, we are well, well over on time. But are you a nerd? In, oh, there's in a general? time. Well, I mean, whatever. We can be. Oh. Why Psh. you don't want it to be? Oh no. No. Oh. Okay. I'm about to go. Like. Well, you're the king of podcasts. This show's an hour. Like, I don't. How how long has this been? It feels like ten minutes. No, you've been out here an hour. Have I? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's six fifteen. Oh. It's fine. Um, I don't think anyone's complained yet. I love the, uh, I love the the old romance. You know, the romance of, of talk shows and 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 the reality of that world. Ke- Kevin Bodman really cool. says he. I'm sorry to cut you off. He was no, hoping we'd talk about Porsches. <laughs> I thought, we, I did, we did. I didn't thought we? we did. Yeah. We can still. There's more. <laughs> what? So, uh, give me your three car Porsche dream garage. No, no, uh, no monetary uh, restrictions. Okay. All right. I've blown this one before. All right. So let me think about it. Can I keep, can one be our car that we already have? And Whatever I you want. expand two more. Whatever well, your one, dream. Is, one is our car because of why we have the car. Which is home. what? Say it for the people. A, a 2005 uh, Carrera S. Uh, so it's California. a 997. 997. Yellow. California. Yellow car. Lovely. <laughs> speed, speed gill, the yellow. Um, uh, that would be one. I would say uh, the Gary Shandling uh, had a 911. Mm. He had a, a number of the turbo over the years. The brown one. I would take anything. Wow. I would take anything from his. 
from his uh, from his collection. You know, I, I didn't just, realize I that he had a whole. I think he had a nine eleven Titan over the years. Titan, Gary Shandling. Oh, you think so too? Oh, me too. I. Ah, oh. he. One of my favorite jokes ever, actually, was um. I don't even remember. I like. I don't remember what scenario was. It, I heard it. He's like, I went on a date the other day, and this girl, all she could do was talk about herself. She reached over to grab my hand, and her blouse caught on fire. She was like, help me. Put me out. I'm on fire. <laughs> and I was like, what a great joke. That's a great joke. I, anyway. I loved him in general. Uh, uh, and something much older, like uh, 356 Coupe of some variety. Mm. I don't know them that well because yeah. it's not in my spec right now. But at some point, that would definitely be on the list. Hmm. Something older, but I wouldn't go uh, newer than our nine nine seven. That that is about as new as I would go. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Why? Um, I, I, the screens in the newer cars don't agree with me, and I don't really have a good relationship with all that technology hmm. stuff. I, I really, I, I'm not as I'm not a good enough uh, driver. I think I think that I'm still an old school butt guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of needs to. I can go fast as hell doing that, but I'll never, you know. It's kind of like I'd rather have a stick than the D- DCT sure. or whatever. Sim or racing has changed my opinion on paddle shifting. Really? Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. I mean, it is faster, right? It's well, just, and it it's is faster. Just, yeah. It's weird because I'd never done it before, and then I did a lot of sim racing over this quarantine, and then got in my friend's Carrera. I was like, oh, this feels totally comfortable now, which was bonkers. I mean, it really felt... Like I had done it a million times, and that was interesting to me. I do agree with that. The new ones are so easy to drive. Yeah, I, I romped on a friend's GT3 Touring, I guess, the other day. But whatever, the stick one, it's great in the canyons. Absolutely fantastic. So stinking, so capable. capable. But we were wow. going so fast. That's the part that I was like, that's... I don't need. The, I would take the Carrera T any day. That's right. That's right. For, I want for the, the type of driving bring the that limit I down. Do. Yeah, so that to I can push a manageable cuz I mean I have a my daily is a Panamera and it's bored. It's bored right. all the time. Right. Loafing. It's just like, dude, when can we go 130 again? Yeah. You know? And that's, right. and then it's like God, it's almost Ugh. sad. Yeah, a little bit. So, same for me. I keep the gray car. For sure. That one Yeah, that that's the gray too much of a story. The gray ghost. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I didn't want to... I, I got my parents' ashes mixed into the primer. I didn't and, know if we... I read the thing you oh, yeah. sent. I didn't know if... Oh, you said it's an article it's very coming public. out. Yeah, it's very public. All right, well, that... Could, People know about that. For the same reason, then, yeah, we got to yeah, keep yeah. our cars. So Greg goes sure. in the garage. And plus, I used a dildo to paint the wheels. I'll tell you that in a second. Um, so, um, so Greg Ghost, for sure... 959 because it was the thing that got it started for me. Oh, really? Yeah. The exotic nature of it or just, just the fact that it was that was the, the car in 88 that that was that was the thing. Okay. And then I think um I don't know if it's a uh it might be a a, a 911R, like the new 911R. That's funny you say that. Or or a GT3 RS cuz those the those two cars and I would be, I would have to be torn between them, but one of those two cars, somebody said this is the best driver's car Porsche has ever made, and I thought it'd be kind of cool just to have one ripper when you want to go to a, an actual track day. Yeah, that you have one that you you know I'm worried that a trailing arm is going to fall off the Grey Ghost at a hundred, and that car at a hundred, hundred ten, it's like that scene in. Contact, which is like, 
Okay to go. Okay to go. Okay to go. That's what it feels like. Great reference. <laughs> um, I, it'd be kind of cool to not have to think about that, mm-hmm. you know. And just mm-hmm. and then the other one just sits and you you drive it to the cars and coffee. Right. You drive the 959 to the cars and coffee. You bring up a lot of good points. Um, having something new to rip just something that's that fast to rip Maybe on. Maybe a GT3 RS because they're so ubiquitous, and if you break it, it's like, oh, who cares? But There's I think, a million of them. I think at that point, if I got that car, I'd go against everything I told you earlier and have yeah, the yeah. battles. I, I would do the whole thing. Yeah, I would do the same. Yeah. Same deal. So t- I have to tell a story because it's an open loop. Um, my <laughs> gray so car doing it. Thank you. has, I don't know if we're allowed to, well, whatever. It is what it is. Um, my gray car has uh, nines and 11 by 15 inch wheels, as the RSR is wont to do. That's the nine, uh, and, and I've got uh, Michelin TB15, 275 in the front, 340 in the rear. Just Holy big. Moses. Yeah, there's a lot of rubber on that car. It's more than we're running. Well, it's I'll buy a, some margin. That's amazing. Like, we're probably pretty close in power, aren't we? I don't know. 300 ish? 50. Oh, yeah, probably a little more. But mine's way lighter. Yeah. Mine's 2160. <laughs> Yours right is what, three grand? Three. We're yeah. right around three, a little yeah. lighter. So it needs some rubber. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I went with the. Um, I got these wheels from Acumoto. They're three piece, but they look like Fuchs wheels. Mm-hmm. They're very light, they're really race wheels. And I wanted to, first, of all, I, I uh, had them Type 3 anodize, which has this really cool gray. The whole car, if you haven't seen it before, uh, is gray on gray on gray on gray on gray. That's why they call it the Gray Ghost. And I wanted to apply the RSR, factory RSR finish, where the, the, the inset of the pedals is black, and then the pedals themselves are the gray. Mm-hmm. And, but I wanted to do it like um, the factory did it. And the factory dipped the wheels... To get, the line, they, they would right? do just the right depth, and then they would uh, pull the, the the wheel out. It's really an amazing. Thing. It's super cool. <laughs> it's so silly. But my wheels are three piece, which means that I could take the center piece, which had been anodized, oh. and I could dip them by themselves. So I got this big tin, and I got um, literally some black rustoleum paint that I thinned with paint thinner, and I put it into a a ketchup uh, old school ketchup squirt bottle. And I just would raise the paint until it was at the right level. The problem was, and this is where Olympic skiers come in to this story. I was wondering when they would get here. When you watch an Olympic ski jumper, when they're doing like double, triple backflips, things like that, when they practice, like if you go to Lake Placid, they go into a, a swimming pool. So they jump, they have these rollers, they jump down, then they do like seven backflips and they flip into the swimming pool. Well, to prevent them from smacking the shit out of themselves in the swimming pool, they fire uh, uh, bubbles, they fire air at the surface, it breaks the surface tension, so then when they hit the water, they just sink right down instead of... Mm -hmm. But the problem I was having with my wheel is that I couldn't get the paint level. Even though the table was level, I had everything perfectly level. The surface tension was keeping the paint from being perfectly level. So I needed to vibrate the paint. This is amazing. You're like Iron Man. So what I did is I went to my then girlfriend's bedside table and I grabbed her little toy and I put it in a plastic bag 
and I oh duct taped it to the side of the tin and fired it up. And then it went zzz, and it leveled the paint. So then as I rose it, it was perfectly level. And then I pulled the wheel out and did all four of them like that. Can I give you something that's absolutely not related, but I, I just want to tell it to you now because Please. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Yeah. Do you know the movie Jurassic Park? Of course you sure. do, right? What's, what's this? At, the, at, the, at one point, the, 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 the uh, uh, dinosaur is stepping in it and you see the, the ripples in the mm-hmm. water. Do you remember mm-hmm. that part? Mm-hmm. In order to get that, it was the mo- it was the, one of the most difficult special effects in the entire film to get this, and I didn't work on it, but I know somebody who who did the effects, and and I heard the story. Um, they had to take the dashboard apart for where the thing was, and they were trying to tap it. All these different things, nothing could get the type of the ripple. right kind of vibration. What they ended up doing was it was a guitar guitar string underneath oh. touching the thing, and it was like you had to get just the perfect you need the vibration. Right vibration. You couldn't just touch it or tap it like right. that. By the time that happens over there, right. by the time it gets here, it's it turns into a sine wave. It's oh, waves. That's interesting. And for the but the exact same reason you have yeah. to do it's like oh you just have to get that stuff just, just. right. The frequency's got to be right. I could have used a razor, but <laughs> no, the story is not nearly but it's, as good. But uh, but I got to go to uh, Jay Leno's <laughs> garage. To get my I got to go to Jay Leno's garage last year, and we talked a little bit about it. <laughs> and so I told him, and I said. Uh, I can't remember what he responded. I said, well, I used a dildo to paint my wheels. And he goes, oh, really? All right, well, I got to go. Or something. It was very funny. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that, have you guys ever talked about Jay Leno's Garage on this show? Sure, right up the street there. It's ridiculous. You, you've been. Mm-hmm. Oh. Someone said. I, we can't do the collection. I mean, well, she can't even walk anymore. But I mean, the collection is just overwhelming to me. I don't have that's, the bandwidth for it That's anymore. the thing. Someone said, was it cool? I go, no, cool happens six inches over the threshold. C- cool happens when you get the call that you're allowed to come the <laughs> right, next right, day. Right, it's right. like, oh, that's amazing. Right. Oh, yeah, and then cool. you get there and you see the sign it's and they move baffling. It is too really much. bonkers, too much. especially the, the Bugatti area because i don't even know what room that is it's like it's where he films the show okay it's that center that second youtube warehouse and this is how i describe it to people i was like well you've ever ever been to like target or marshall's and you see those uh 1929 24 hours of dumont you know posters with the silhouette the long cigarette and you've got some little shooting old bugatti 1929 bugatti shooting off into the distance I was like, he has that, but it's the original one, the one, and it's like 14 feet wide, and then he has the Bugatti under it. It's, yeah, he's got that car. actual car, and it's $46 million, and he's got nine of them. That's when you start going, what in the actual app? Like, it's crazy. And then you go, he owns the building. He owns the whole block. <laughs> it's crazy. He was there when, when we got to go. He was there, so we got to hang with him for like 15 minutes. I and think he's always there. It was there. a thrill. Well, he was, just, he was there for 10 minutes and in and out. He was going to stand-up gig in, uh, oh, I see. In, uh, in Detroit. So it was really cool that he happened to be there. It was cool. I don't know. Again, for the same reason why this is a thrill to me, it was cool to meet Jay Leno. We never got to it, but the short answer is I was a lifelong fan, and, and, and it just it went to the right person. Yeah. The universe <laughs> yeah, yeah. provided. You ever see The Dark Crystal? The movie is a kid. Yeah, but I don't movie. remember it. The premise of it essentially is there was a shard stolen from this big powerful crystal of the whole kingdom. Shard stolen years and years ago. And of course, the kingdom would, when they decide to give the shard back is when the whole light comes back. I stole this microphone off of David Letterman's desk when I was a kid. <laughs> It's a true story. There's a whole big story behind it. I got let into the theater overnight. Doesn't matter. But a couple years, and I literally no. This is all true. That was the seed. The energy drew to the microphone. I don't want to spend too much time. It needed the desk. 
but that was the truth. We decided to give it back and do this whole, we were going to make a documentary, the whole story about it. And then we got a call to, oh, well, do you still want the Letterman merchant? Look, no. The assets. <laughs> Crazy. So yeah, it all sort of. That's so bonkers. Yeah. It was like Wonder Twin Powers Activate. I was telling. It needed the desk to go with the microphone. Exactly. Spike, exactly. You put it in and the yeah. whole thing happens. <laughs> Spike uh, Ferriston came up to Breakfast Club the other day and I told him the story for the first time. He never heard it. I mean, he knows us and he knows about the, the set and everything. Yeah. He never knew Has he been on the show? No, but we're. I hope to have him. Yeah. Um, I had a similar, I guess we'll go at some point, but I had a similar experience. Um, I'm a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I've been a Steelers fan my whole life. No. And, um, Not knocking it. I just didn't know sports. My favorite player is Heinz Ward. And so much so that all my race numbers, because I was an autocross racer, um, were number 86, named after He was a gritty, underdog kind of guy. And really, like, he was the guy that even on other teams, you'd hate him, but then you also wanted him to play. There's a respect. You. You're like, oh, I wish he was on our team. Anyway. <laughs> So huge. So my studio, my podcast studio is called Studio 86. And one of my listeners made me this killer sign that said Studio 86, you know, home with Solopreneur Hour. And, and um, so and all my race numbers, even the, the Grey Ghost, had wore 86 for a long time. So it was a big thing I for me. I remember the ghost of it. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, And so, um, I don't know, 2016, I get a – and again, since I was five, and nobody, a Steelers fan of my family, no, like it didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But I've gone to a, a game every year. So I get a phone call from a buddy of mine. He goes, hey, um, have you ever heard of Shaquille O'Neal's podcast? I go, yeah, I've heard of it. I've not heard it. He goes, well, it's like current events meets you know basketball, meets sports, whatever. He goes, I've been approached by another celebrity to do a show. Um, I don't have the bandwidth for it. Would you be interested in checking? I'm like, yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, who is it? And he goes, well, I think he might need a, like a co-host for the show as well. And I was like, fine, who is it? And he's like, and, you know, there's probably some kind of cool ad revenue split. I'm like, dude, fine. Who is it? What's the deal, you know? And he goes, it is none other than number 86 himself, Heinz Ward. I said, you've got to be shitting me. And so fast forward a couple months, I'm in Atlanta sitting across from Heinz Ward and his agent and his manager. And then we start the Heinz Ward show. I'm co-hosting for a year the Heinz Ward show where... I go, I literally live this, like, I'll show you this pictures I have on my phone are so ridiculous of, like, selfies with Coach Tomlin and James Harrison and Jerome Bettis and, like, all these legends. And I said, I literally live the Steelers fan dream. And someone's like, oh, it's totally the universe you manifested that. I'm like, I never aspired to hosting a show with the guy, but how cool was it that I got to do it for a year? But it sounds like a very similar situation we're trying to get dave here we'll see what happens oh, yeah wouldn't be that amazing. be something yeah it's the wouldn't it's that, a bookend that, needs that to happen. is you don't know the, the rest of the story but uh, i will we'll have to we'll, we'll have to do it over not drinks someday there you <laughs> there you go um uh, what did someone I, I, say do we have questions or something the okay. same guy said a, a subi powered porsche is fine uh appreciate you uh, thank so you very much say. rocco what was his name <laughs> Raul, Rocco. Uh, I what did what do we need a plug of yours that I didn't? Solopreneur hour. Yeah, solohour.com because nobody can spell preneur <laughs> in America. That's that, a shame. That any U R thing really in there. really hurts. And then uh, obviously, Rent. No, Wrench. Wrench is not a podcast. It's only a YouTube channel. YouTube channel and an Instagram account. Okay, and they're, was... they're they're. I think I misled and said it was a podcast channel. You but did. you are a podcast guy. You've created a yeah. number of podcasts. My regular 
solopreneur Hour podcast is like, I call it the mothership. Okay. That one's 800 something episodes and 10 million downloads and oh, a whole thing. It's like a whole deal. But this is more fun. You know, you talking cars and yeah, and being at this table. And it's so it's cool. cr- it is crazy. Do you feel anything? I mean, it is it is wild that it's the actual stuff. It's only when I when I first sat down, I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I'm like digging the, the, the inset of the microphone is yep. cool. And I haven't really gotten a chance to look at all of it yet, but I will it's once wild. we hit stop. All right. So. Uh, then we plugged everything we needed to do. We yeah, took care of everything. I think so. Do you feel complete with your experience here? I think so. You guys follow my little blasphemy build on YouTube. It's cool. It's going to be fun. And here's the thing. By the way, no one's ever accused me of brevity. Um, <laughs> uh, He's like, you know when Magnus... <laughs> imagine, yeah. Imagine 10 years ago that we had choices of different Porsche content that we could consume isn't in that something? any number of different places, right? A bunch of YouTube channels, a bunch of... Sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Over. Don't worry. A um, bunch of YouTube channels, a bunch of websites, a bunch of blogs, a bunch of, you know... It's just so cool that we get to do that. And, and I'm sure you've enjoyed your fair share of constructive criticism on YouTube comments as well. Yeah. Thanks so much. I, you know, you're welcome for the, for the free most content. Part, people are really, really friendly, and we don't really have that much interaction online. Like, it's more like, oh, we'll go somewhere, and then ten people tell you they saw this episode or whatever. Yeah. Um. Uh. Most people are really, really friendly. It's just you know, some people. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like I used to be the same way before I started doing this. I mean, what do you do but pick it apart? I got one one video on my solo hour that has over two hundred thousand views. It's six. Mistakes that'll kill your podcast. <laughs> Great. Should have watched it first. <laughs> and um, the problem was, is that I use a Zoom H6 as a recorder and um, it's super sensitive. It's got these tiny little gain knobs. And if you move them up an eighth of an inch, it, it blasts. And so I did that accidentally. I wasn't, because I was on video, I didn't even listen to it. Yeah. And so my audio is just clipping throughout the whole thing, but I just banged it through and then... When I got into post, I was like, ah. "Is what it is." I said, "You know what? Nobody will care." Well, it's either that or not put it out, right? And right. And meanwhile, nine hundred comments of people caring later. I'm like, "Can you just get to the content <laughs> part that I gave like really good advice during this? You, can you not complain about the part where it's like oh, the audio is not perfect?" And man, I'm like, "A, it's not a podcast because I was talking about podcasting." B, like it's a YouTube video. It's not a podcast. They shouldn't be intertwined. I find that um, more than anything else so far, the person who took it the most seriously was me. And when I stopped doing that, the whole thing got a lot more fun. You're a great host. You're, you're a, you, I can tell that you are a student of the game. I love the game. It's all yeah. I ever knew. I mean, we'll talk off. You got the, the right air, voice. But... You got the right whole vibe. You're very Letterman-esque. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm but sure. in a great way. I mean, somebody needs to believe it or not. I'm actually, somebody needs to take that mantle, you know. Believe it or not, I am not trying to be that way at all. Just it, it's embedded. Whatever, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, it's embedded in a number of my friends that are the same generation. It's good to know. Yeah, it's great to get to know you a Thanks. little bit better today, brother. Thanks for having um, me. When am I going to see you next? I'll, I'll, I'll come, come back something. tomorrow. Oh yeah, here. Come, yeah. come back anytime. Sweet. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm around. I don't know. Whenever the next thing is. And Maybe then, Malibu. And obviously, oh yeah, we'll see. Maybe Malibu on Sunday. For sure. I'll do that. And then other than that, we'll see you on YouTube. 
Did you that. see that my car got completely shat on? I wanted to talk about that. I brought it up yesterday. You're, uh, that was a rookie move on your part. The, Why? The, uh, the egrets, uh, uh, I, for years we've been watching this. Three, three or f- maybe at least three years ago, a convertible, an uh, uh, Auburn Roadster <laughs> with like this gorgeous like ostrich looking like interior right underneath it. I wasn't by tree though. I was not near a tree. I, they, do you really want, I'll get graphic. Those things sh- sh- uh, evacuate with such force from the tree that it hits the, um, it looks like somebody dumping their <laughs> water out of their third story window and it hits the ground and becomes a fountain this, of This was paint. not that. This was a swath that was about four feet wide and 10 feet long. Oh, this was like, oh, a, like a dive bomb. This was like a B-1 bomber run. Oh, I don't and know. And it was like, I couldn't, it was a stripe. So you weren't overparked under the tree? No. Oh, I well, so, we just it. assumed because we've seen that 100 times. I was times. not near it. But I got called out on this video, this guy on YouTube. The video has like 600,000 views. It's like he was making fun of me because it kind of was sprinkling a little. And you see me like wiping my car down. Oh, He's like, this guy's oh, here. Where are they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, it wasn't that. I just got completely demolished. So anyway. You were wiping bird shit off. I was wiping bird shit off. Oh, man. All right. Well, see you at Malibu Kitchen then. It's been a little slice of heaven. Uh, <laughs> you're amazing. I don't know what's going on. We love everybody. Mrs. Ryan, I love you so much. Uh, we love you so much, Michael. Thanks for being here. Michael O'Neill, check him out on YouTube. Wrench. Uh, two ends in that. Uh, love everybody. See you tomorrow, probably, I think. Right? We're out there. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.